You listen to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad. And uh, the British Isles Family History Society of Greater Ottawa have their annual conference coming up in the later in the month. <coughs> and you can get all the details on that on Bifisco. 2021.ca, that's B-I-F-H-S-G-O, 2021.ca, and the registration is open there also. And on Sunday, 26th of September, at noon our time until 1.30, Seeking the Primrose Girls, 50 Irish Immigrants to Canada from a small Galway town. And that'll be with Martin Curley, and Martin's going to describe about the Mount Mabellu Orphan Girls Project, the Primrose Girls. Martin, thanks a million for coming along for a chat and giving us a little teaser on what somebody can expect to find when they turn up at your presentation. Austin, thanks very much and uh, a warm hello to your listeners there. Thanks very much for having me on in your program. Um, Basically, I'm going to be talking about the girls who were sent out as a part of assisted immigration to Quebec in the summer of 1853. Um, For most people, when they talk about Angertha Moore, the Great Hunger, or the Great Irish Famine, they usually talk about the year 1847. But it was much longer and more extended than that, and especially here in East Galway, which got hit hard, like neighbouring counties was common in Mayo. And because of that, there was a huge exodus of our people. And what we're trying to do here in Mount Bellew and the greater East Galway area with several community groups is to reach out to our diaspora and to say, we want to bring you back home. And one of the ways that we're going to be doing that is to just publicize some of the names of the girls. Girls like Mary Raftery or Peggy Lohan or Biddy Malloy or Biddy, um, Biddy Brehany, Winnie Dowd, Mary Kincannon. These are all East Galway names, and people might not be familiar with those names, but what I'm going to be doing at the talk is going to be exploring some of the reasons why those girls left East Galway at that time. They went down to Limerick, and they got a ship that was um, chartered for them by the Board of Guardians. So basically what's going to happen in, in Galway and the rest of the country at that time, the workhouses are full to capacity, and sometimes even more than capacity. In Banlaslow, which you're very familiar with yourself, the workhouse there actually had to go out and to go into other places. One of them was a brewery, which they converted then into a girls' workhouse, just for the girls. And some of our girls would have been there before they came to Mount Bellew in 1852, because Mount Bellew itself, the workhouse, wasn't built until then. So what we're trying to do is to publicize the names of the girls and to give a little bit about the background of their lives and then to say to people, to your listeners and to everybody else, help us to find them. Because while some of their comrades had gone to Australia in the the previous autumn, in November of 1852, we've been very, very lucky in terms of the Australian records where an awful lot of those girls, when they married, they got registered, were able to trace them, and then through DNA, able to reconnect with their descendants. And many of their descendants have come back to East Galway. The same, unfortunately, isn't true of our Canadian diaspora. 
And that's where, hopefully, through the conference, through the kindness of yourself in the radio show, we're able to, to reach out to a far greater audience and to say, you know, have you got any of those surnames in your family history? Can you look? Have you done a DNA test? The East Galway Ancestor Project is up on a website called gedmatch.com. That's G-E-D-M-A-T-C-H. And if you have done a DNA test, you can just go and download your DNA onto that and join the East Galway. And then if you see that you have close matches there, quite possibly it's because of one of those girls that might be hidden back in your family history. It's, after all, 175 years since the start of the Great Hunger. So that's quite a few generations in Canada. For us in Galway, though, it's only three to four generations. My own great-grandmother, who grew up, or sorry, who lived rather in my father's home house when she was quite elderly, was a survivor of Angertha Moore. She was Nora Donlan, and she was born in 1844. So that's how close that we are to people of that era. In Canada, the children of the, the girls, if they had married, probably moved down to northern uh, United States, or probably themselves, if there were girls, married again. The family name might be lost after two or three generations. And that's why it's important that if DNA is there, then we're able to kind of like gather it up. So my talk will be basically about how we can use that and how we can use the history of the girls as well to compare them to other refugees and especially in light of what's been going on in Afghanistan in the last uh, few weeks and in other places throughout the world to show the context of what these young girls had to go through. When we look at the Afghani soccer, lady soccer team having to flee because of persecution. In our case, the girls are going to be fleeing because of hunger, because of want, because of the devastation that happened because of Angertha Moore. But it's the same story. They, they couldn't have a life for themselves in their homeland, so they had to go to somewhere. We are so grateful to Canada. We're so grateful to the United States. We're so grateful to England. We're so grateful to Australia and New Zealand and for other many countries for taking our refugees in at that time. Because without them, unfortunately, the calamity that was on Gertha Moore with over 2 million dead by the time it ended in 1853-54 would have been much more disastrous. So highlighting all of that will be a part of my presentation, Austin. So, Martin, you mentioned there, there a particular challenge is that because women, when they marry, change their name and you go two or three generations, and that link is very hard to reestablish. I know even in my own case, I've done my autosomal and I've done my Y, uh, because I've been trying to get back even on my on the, the, my father's. And when I put it up on Jetmatch, I'm not turning up any more Comertons which is frustrating. Uh, and then on the autosomal side, I'm seeing names that don't mean an awful lot. So I guess where it, it comes together is that in a project like the East Galway Project, because you have a team effectively looking at this with a bigger database, that you're able to pull some of the loose ends together. Exactly, Austin. We have over 3,000 um, DNA 
um, tests up on the East Galway group. And when you speak about a team on the East Galway Facebook page, the East Galway Genealogy Facebook page, we have an incredible amount of members who will willingly help out, reach out, and, and do um, some research for people as well to help them. But basically, when you were saying there about the your own surname, the Cumberton, my surname, Curly, even though it's a bit more common in, in East Galway, it just depends on the amount of people who have done a test. And going back, when I did my test first, I was so thrilled that I had something like 60 four cousins are closer on the ancestry. I was like, fantastic, reach out to them. And some of them, we're still trying to figure out how we're related, but some of them were kind of close enough. And then when I looked at it the other day, there's 611. So it's a huge increase, and I would encourage everybody to do that. Part of what I do with the DNA as well is to help especially people um, who, who have unaccounted for parentage um, or who might be adopted. And we're finding that in the case of quite a lot of um, young men that left here in the 1930s and 40s and going over to England, that um, there are people there who unknowingly have Irish ancestry. And um, one, of, one of the nicest cases that I had to do with that is actually a Canadian family. And uh, a shout-out to Kate here for kind of like persisting in finding out more about her mum's um, DNA results which tied back here to East Galway. So don't give up. There will be Cummertons there, but as you said, there are people who married and the name kind of like, you know, has drifted. But when you, we, and that's what I do in the East Galway group as well, just to give people a platform so that way they're able to chat with each other. Uh, it, it's a wonderful part of the world. And when the girls left, in 1853, it was a desperate part of the world. But we have come on in leaps and bounds. And even like, you know, I lived for a number of years in, in the States, and, and one of my abiding memories is just making the phone call. But making a phone call was quite difficult at the start because we didn't have a phone. And when I came back just over a decade later, the first thing that I did was to plug in the Internet. So Ireland jumped ahead. Thanks to companies from Canada, thanks to companies from America, from England and from all over, but thanks to our diaspora as well, who always have our back. And that's the great thing about your Canadian listeners who are of Irish heritage. It is a big deal, and it's wonderful. And likewise, hopefully, we have our friends in Canada. We have their backs when the time comes to just kind of like, you know, to say, Kate Mila Falstrap, when you're coming back to Ireland, once this is blown over in terms of the pandemic, you will be so much welcome here. And if any of your Canadian listeners wants to get to the, the great highlights of Banlaslow or Port Tumner or Loch Ray or Toom or Hedford or Dunmore or Ballygar and Athenry, you want to see the low-lying fields there or Gort or Kinvara to just have a little bit of an oyster in Clarence Bridge, you're more than welcome as you sit and sip and watch the sun go down on Galway Bay. <laughs> I am Martin. You get you really get the whole thing in in one sentence. Good good idea. But it was this week uh, in uh, 1853 that the Primrose arrived in Quebec, and the conference will be running from uh, the Sunday, the 19th of September, 
until Sunday the 26th and Martin's presentation is on Sunday the 26th from noon to 1.30 Canadian time. Again, the website, if you would like to register, is bifisco2021.ca. That's B-I-F-H-S-G-O 2021. There are the numbers for the year, dot C-A, and you'll find registration and everything there. Uh, Martin, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and thanks a million for taking the time. Mwila Pihas Austin, Karamila Mahagat. Karamila Mahagat.